And here we are. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and all of those who are confused about their gender and or pronoun. I would like to welcome you to the 45th episode of the Black Ink Podcast. I am Jake Kerr. I am your host. I'm always the host as this is my podcast slash internet show. Now, I'm coming in with a little bit of a shitty attitude. You might ask why, and you might be a bit confused, because if you're watching me, I've got all them teeth up front, and that kind of suggests that I'm not in this shitty attitude. But let me explain why, okay? Now, this isn't the reason why. I'm gonna tell you how my day started. I'm gonna tell you how I got to where I am right now, right? So my day started all fucking crispy, you know what I mean? My alarm goes off at 2.30, I snooze it, right? I wake back up, 2.45, I snooze it. I wake up at three o'clock, I'm like, hey, I snooze it. I wake up at 3.30 and then I fucking get into action, right? First thing I realize, my Facebook feed isn't loading. My Instagram feed isn't loading. It's all good. Doesn't matter. It's not like your boy relies on social media to fucking make money. So that's all good. You know, I get into my morning routine. Now, the reason I woke up so damn early, I mean, I do wake up early most mornings, but the reason I woke up so early this morning is because I had to go on the fucking... On the coffee van today, so I had to be, to, uh, to let you know, I have to be at the van by six o'clock. So, you know, kind of serving coffee by 6.30. So, you know, I, I do the things that I gotta do. I post on, I post my podcast on YouTube, I post it on Transistor, which means it goes, oh, did I post it? Yeah, I did, I did. Yeah, and I post it on Transistor, which is like a fucking RSS feed, which then takes it to all the like iTunes, Spotify, Deezer, Google Podcasts, blah, blah, blah. So I do all that and I have myself some breakfast and, you know, I pray, I stretch, I hydrate, you know, I go to the, go the toilet, all the rest. I'm fucking good to go. And then I'm like, it's, Facebook still isn't loading. There's something going on. So I fucking, <clears throat> by the way, none of this has anything to do with while I'm in, why I'm in a shitty attitude. I'm, like I said, I'm telling you what I did. And then I got to this one thing that just happened. And then I'm like, hey, you know what? Fuck everything. So I'm just telling you how I got there. So I, I fucking... Realize that Facebook still isn't working, so I jump on Google and I'm like, is Facebook not working right now? Search, and what do you know? It's not working, none of it's operational. The actual network itself has, for some reason, been removed. Um, you know, Instagram doesn't work, Facebook doesn't work, WhatsApp doesn't work, so it's kind of like a big, okay, cool, I can't do anything, you know what I mean? Like, literally, you take out Facebook and Instagram from the equation and there's not really much physical work that I have to do. When I say physical, I mean like engaging and like, it's probably more mental than physical. It's not the point. Physical thumb work is what I should say. So once I established that it's not a happening thing with fucking Facebook, I pretty much just thought, well, I might as well go to work. I go to work early. I get it done. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, some shit happens at work, but you know, shit happens every day at work for everyone. So it's not even worth mentioning, you know? It's just, I just had a day's worth of work. It's not like even bad stuff happened. It's just like, you know, the fucking ups and downs of having a job, I guess, which in a way kind of makes me realize more and more and again, this is nothing like I don't want to say, ever say anything negative about the lovely lady who has chosen to give me the opportunity to be, to be employed by her and work on her van. And, and, you know, I really appreciate having this ability to earn a bit of extra cash every week. I love you know I love the opportunity. I, can't, I do love the environment at times. I love the job at times. But it's also one of those things that I did for myself for four years. And then I'm kind of like I'm doing this for someone else for, you know, not a lot of money. So I just kind of like it's it's it re makes me remember the reason why I do what I do with black ink. It's because I'm trying to build this fucking lifestyle. It's not even about becoming rich or becoming, you know, like setting up this whole big thing so like I can brag about it. It's just so I don't have to have a fucking job. It's so that six o'clock becomes just whenever you're ready to go to work. It's so, you know, you, if you're having a problem with a customer, and you do something negative, the only person it reflects is you. It doesn't reflect the, you know, the owner or the business itself. It's just like that comes straight back to you, you know? And obviously like I'm in quite a, like a fundamental stage of like Black Ink in that 
it does reflect me. And obviously one day black ink will be, hopefully, no, it will be that large that it doesn't matter what anyone in the business does, it reflects the business. But obviously when I'm working this other business that is just a one person operation, and I'm that one person for the day, that like, I feel like I'm representing that business and that person. So therefore I feel like I'm under, like I'm kind of under this metaphorical thumb that I'm like, right, I gotta make sure I do everything right. And if I do have a change in mood or if I do have like a, you know, like when they're like, I mean, obviously I work at a, this, this coffee van stays in one spot. People come to it, they drive up, they get out of the car, they jump out. There's a table there, you stand there. We have a bit of a conversation, a bit of backwards and forwards. And you know, you pay for your coffee, you tell me your order, I make the coffee and turn around. But some people, they're like, oh, wait, there's a road next to this car. I can just pull up alongside them, you know? I can just pull up alongside them and, like, bark my order out the window like the fuckhead that I am, and then they'll make it for me. I don't even have to get out of my car. This is great. This is great. I don't have to do anything, you know? And then the fuckhead behind them sees them do that, and then all of a sudden you've got a line of people, and you're like, hey, I hate all of you. You know what I mean? You know what I mean. You know what I mean. So, you know, little things like that. It doesn't really matter, you know what I mean? It's not like it upsets me that much that, you know, if I think about it after the fact, I'm just like, that was some shit that happened earlier today. It's not something that you like hold with you, you know what I mean? But, and also, like I said, that's not what, that's not what the fucking day's about, right? So I end up fucking finishing that up. I do all the little bits and pieces and like, I'm driving home and the thing that like started this fucking mood for me is people who sit 10 kilometers under the speed limit. And like, I know I've talked about this on the podcast before. I don't fucking care. What's going on? What the fuck is going on? Like, I just don't understand how people just sit under the speed limit everywhere. You know, you'll be in a, you, you approach them in an 80 zone and they're sitting on 60 and then you get to the fucking end of the road, you have a red light and then they'll pull out into a hundred zone and then they'll sit on fucking 80. Like they're some sort of God, God sent fucking safety feature of the earth. And if they don't do what they're doing, then the whole world's going to implode. The car's going to start flipping down the road. The fucking engine's going to blow out of the bonnet and go into the night. You know what I mean? Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And by the way, if you, the listener, do not know what I'm talking about, you're the cunt who does it, Right? Because this is the thing, get this right, when you're driving your vehicle, this is one of the very rare activities that you have to be fully fucking dialed into, right? You have to be listening, you have to be fucking watching, you have to be feeling through your ass and your hands, you have to be constantly checking shit, you need to be looking behind you and in front of you, and realistically, you're doing such an unhuman thing that you're traveling at like such a rate that humans were never meant to travel at, so you should be slightly heightened to an extent. Right? You should be carrying some sort of anxiety. You know, we talked about anxiety in the last podcast. You should be carrying some of that anxiety, that, that feeling of caution, because if you fuck up, you might die. You should be carrying some of that nerve into this situation, right? Now, the people who take that and they go, yeah, well, it's because I have this anxiety that I go under the limit. That just means that you're not capable of having a license. That means that you don't have the required fucking software installed in your brain for you to manage what's going on, so therefore you shouldn't be on the road. You're not doing anything safer by going that much slower. See, in my mind, that just kind of like, and this is the thing, like if that, you know, I'm so emotional about this. I'm passionate, bros. I'm passionate. My fucking blood bleeds angry at the moment, right? There are people, experts, who have determined the speed limits of the road, right? And what they do is if you can do 100 kilometers an hour on a road, they take off a percentage, 20%, they go, right, 80 is the speed limit. Because if we set it to 100, that means we're running at the threshold. So if we take it a little bit back, that means everyone's safe, we're all good. 
So you think you're smarter by coming along and doing 60 in an 80 zone. You're doing close to half the speed that you possibly could be doing on that road. And just in case you're wondering, yes, that's why I do 10 kilometers over limit everywhere I go. And no, I know what you're thinking. If I do 10 kilometers over limit everywhere I go, does that mean the people that I think are not doing the speed limit are actually doing the speed limit and I'm speeding? No, no, no. I'm doing 10 kilometers over the speed limit when there's fucking no one else and I can you know, assess the road and go like, you know what? I know what the risk is. I know what the reward is. I've taken all into account or everything that I think I need to take into account. I've made the decision. These are people who you can tell just fucking really don't care about the speed limit. They're just going to do what kind of feels comfortable. And the problem is we have so much population now that it's literally not about what you are comfortable doing anymore. It is about doing what everyone else is doing because you're a fucking liability to everyone else around you. If you're going to do this bullshit speed limit, that's under a bullshit speed that's under the limit right? Oh man, it fucking drives me insane. And the part, and like, there's some people out there, like you, you drive past them and you look at them and they just fucking, what, 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 you know, and I hate to say it, but a lot of them, a lot of them are women and old, you know, if they're men, they're old men and women and like, man, crazy shit all the time. I feel like the, the amount of people on the road that shouldn't have license is fucking crazy, fucking crazy. And by the way, this comes from someone who rides a pushbike on the road, who rides a motorbike on the road, who drives a car on the road and used to be employed, had a full career fucking driving road trains on the road. So I have a bit of a fucking grasp about how the road works. I've been on the road literally since I've like fucking 15 years old on pushbikes, like road cycling, and have been, if not every day, every other day since, right? And then you get these people who just like think because they've, they've, had, they've held a license for like 25 or 30 years that they have some sort of authority and have the decision-making process to go slower than the speed limit. Bitch, you're fucking stupid, right? Anyway, that's the thing that got me in a bad mood, dude. That's not even the thing that upset me. <laughs> anyway, so that thing kind of, you know, we're, we're, already, we're already in the red. Just a little bit, just a little bit, right? Just... There, that's where we are, right? This is fucking, you don't want to see this. Here's where we're at. Here's where we want to be. We're at here. So anyway, I'm in the process of buying this fucking motorbike, right? Not buying a motorbike. <clears throat> I am in the process of potentially buying a motorbike. Now, again, I don't talk about shit that I'm going to do. I talk about the shit that I've done. So I'm not going to say what motorbike it is or what the deal is. But basically what I wanted to do is because of the uniqueness of this particular motorbike, it's one of those motorbikes that you really buy only if you've got a like direct kind of use for it, right? It's kind of just a weird bike. It's not something that if you saw it in the shed, you'd be like, oh, wow. You know, you kind of see it in the shed and you'd be like, why, the, why do you have that? You know what I mean? So anyway, we fucking, I uh, doing the background research, but I'm looking at buying a secondhand one that's pretty much new. So I wanted to go, I'll give you this much of a hint. It's a Honda, okay? So I wanted to go to the Honda shop and, and see if they had one that I could look at and ask some questions about it. And, you know, just a general overall feel of the bike, you know, like obviously I'm not asking for a fucking total, you know, mechanical rundown and their opinion and all the rest. And I want to go in there. I want to see how much I want. I wanted them to like, well, I, I think it's, I was hoping I could go in there and find out how much they're worth. Um, you know, like the availability of them. If you had one there, I couldn't kind of wouldn't mind sitting on one. And also if they had a few bits and pieces that I wanted for them. So I go in there and like, man, I don't normally like naming shops and all the rest, but honestly, I got 50 subscribers. So the chance of them finding out is pretty small. And honestly, with the way I've been treated in the past and the way I got treated today, I don't fucking care. So it's the Bunbury Honda shop that I went into. Anyway, 
completely alien experience the first few seconds compared to every other time I've gone in there. Normally, and this is really akin to most motorbike shops for me, by the way, and this is coming from someone who's been on motorbikes most of their life. Like I've been riding Harleys for 10 years. I've been riding dirt bikes since I was 10 years old. Like, I, I, like I've, I've ridden most sorts of bikes. I've owned most sorts of bikes. Like I don't know what more I would need to do before someone would take me seriously as a motorcycle enthusiast. You know what I mean? And normally, like, I walk into most motorbike shops and they spend a good fucking, you know, I don't know, five, six, seven minutes just looking at you, just seeing if you're gonna walk up to the counter or whatever. Like, never a hello, never fucking, oh, you're interested in that? Or, like, even just a passing comment, right? And I'm gonna get to their defense as well. So I know what you're thinking. You wanna play devil's advocate and be on their side as well. We'll get to that. So I fucking walk in there and they're like, hey, how you going? No one else in the shop. And I was like, well, fucking thank God. You know what I mean? Thank God. Otherwise, it would have just been complete utter negligence on their behalf. So they've passed the first test in greeting me and walking in the door. Like, hey, how you going? I was just wondering if I could find out a little bit about this bike. And they're like, what? And I'm like, oh, this particular, this, this model here. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, we don't have any. And I was like, yeah. Um. So I've got eyes as well. You know, like I know I don't have this bike, but I do have eyes. They're factory fitted in my fucking head. And I could see that, that you don't really, you know what I mean? Like. Maybe you thought that I thought you had some hiding out the back or you had one at home or something that I might be able to fucking check that one out. Anyway, you know, see, this is how pissed off I am. I'm like making up stories about nothing now. So we fucking, we go, what was it? I asked about it and then I was like, so, because I said, oh, I, I don't even know how I kind of worded it. I was like, because they're worth about, uh, like, like once we've got past this, like they don't have any. And then I said, you know, it kind of makes sense. They're a weird bike, you know you kind of need them for this or this use. And if you don't have those two uses for it, then it's kind of like a bike that you would never buy, that you would never consider. And you wouldn't really hold stock because they're not going to sell super quick and easy. And um, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, so, you, what, so they're, they're this much right away, aren't they? Oh, well, I don't know. You'd have to ask the salesman and he's out to lunch. And then the other bloke's like, oh, well, he's, I think he's out for the day, isn't, isn't he? And it's like, well, are you a motorbike shop? Right, you are. You are, because I look around and there's motorbikes everywhere. Out the front, there's a sign that says Honda. You know what I mean? So I came here because I have motorbike questions. And it's also one of those things, like real quietly, if you play your cards right, you might even be able to talk to, talk me into buying a brand new one. You might be able to get my finance. You know what I mean? Like there's a whole bunch of options here. And this is the thing that pisses me off about retail in general, is every person who walks in the door is walking in the fucking door. Right, we're gonna to get to this later because I'm really gonna double down on how this is fucking crazy to me, right? So anyway, he's out to lunch and he's apparently not gonna be back for the rest of the day. And all the fucking eggheads that work in there, apparently they don't know how to operate computers or fucking, you know, do deals or talk the lingo or at least get the fucking deal half started. You know what I mean? They can't help at all whatsoever. So I'm kind of, you know, left standing there with my dick in my hand while I've realized like, okay, so your salesman isn't here and we're not gonna do anything about it. You know, and then we get the famous line like, oh, yeah, you can look it up on. Oh, that's right. So I said, oh, you wouldn't have a brochure on it. And they're like, you can look it up online. I know. I know I can look it up online. Look at me. I'm 20 something years old, you know, and little do they know I'm like a fucking Internet social media extraordinaire. I know how to use Google and YouTube, you know? I actually don't need to go into you for any answers at all, but here I am standing in front of you with a wallet in my back pocket and a good fucking attitude, and so far I've got, oh, no, we don't kind of hold them. You can get brochures online and the salesman's out to lunch. Okay, we're three minutes into this interaction and I'm fucking red hot, you know? So, 
Then I was like, cool, cool, all good. So we can't buy a bike. We can't look it up. We don't know how much it is. It's all good. You know what I mean? Like I'm fucking starting to question whether or not it has Honda written on the side because if it did, you would think you'd be able to get all that information really quickly at the Honda shop. That's all good. So I said, that's cool. What about these accessories? You know, do they, what's, what's, oh no, we'll have to, well, we can get that up. We'll get that up. So somehow, you know, she learned how to use the mouse and the keyboard. All good. By the way, lovely lady. All good. I fucking totally get it. I'm really questioning the procedures that are in place here, not the actual individual interaction that we had. So if by chance you are watching this love, nothing against you, but maybe, you know, sharpen your sword. I don't know. It is what it is. So she starts pulling some shit up and she's like, oh, well, you know, if you want this bit or this bit, and I'm like, oh, good. So it's not a kit sort of thing. They're like, oh no, you know, you can jump online and have a look. And again, oh, I know I can go online and have a look. Okay. Okay. And realistically, if you're a retail shop and you're telling me to jump online and have a look, what makes you think if I can get one part online that I wouldn't just get all the parts online, right? And I know that you have to have the assumption, being a retail like distributor, that I have the knowledge that things are cheaper online, right? I know you have to assume that. So it would seem to me that if I owned a dealership, that if I owned a shop, I would be pushing down my employees' throats you need to sell every single fucking piece of equipment in here that you possibly can. There is not one thing on the shelves. There is not one thing in this entire building that I bought for the fucking sake of it. Everything here has a purpose. And at the end of the day, the bottom dollar is the purpose is to make me money, right? So if that person walks in here and then walks out and I've got the same amount of money they walked in as what they walked out with, you fucked up right? And as far as I'm concerned, this might be the service guy, this might be the fucking this guy, and this might be the that guy. Guess what? You all are at the very fucking base of this as salesmen, because at the end of the day, we are trying to promote more sales in the future, if not today. So therefore, your backbone should be made out of selling, right? It shouldn't be made out of whatever the fuck you think it is. During nine to five or whatever the fuck your work hours are, you are selling Honda. Does that make sense? I feel like I'm, I'm not being unfair right now. So now I've been told that I can go online to find out about the bike, to find out about the price, to find out about the accessories, to fucking literally everything, right? So I'm starting to question, why am I here talking to you? What's the value in that? I don't understand what the value is in that. Like for me, man, I just, ah, you know? I just can't imagine that the person who benefits at the end of the day by me buying, whether it be a fucking, a wheel nut or a whole motorbike, whoever that person is, I just can't imagine that they're stoked that this person who like, sure, doesn't want to spend four or five or six grand or whatever it is on that motorbike is brand new. Shit, we still don't know because we have to look it up online. You know what I mean? Like, we still don't know. We still don't know. Had the ability to look the parts up online, but didn't have the ability to Google, da 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 2021, enter, first result. I know that's the case because I did this a couple days ago and like I did it without even really thinking about it and it happened and I got the price. You know what I mean? And I get it. They're scared they're going to give me some price that might be too low or too high. They need to give me a price that is the price because once you quote it, that's the price you have to live and die by. I get that. But if you give me nothing at all to work with, then I've got nothing at all to work with, you know? And man, you know what? I give you the benefit of the doubt because I walk into motorbike shops already charged thinking that I'm gonna have the same shitty experience that I've had the last thousand times that I've walked into motorbike shops. You're not getting a fair trial, you know? I get that. But I'm not asking you to make up for all the other times that I got treated like a fucking idiot in your shop. I'm asking for this time just to, just give me the information that I'm here for.
you know, just give me, the, and also, like I said to them at the end, like, the reason I'm doing this is because I'm looking at a second hand one that's practically new, and then the bloke behind the counter gets involved, and he starts saying, like, well, how much do they want for it? Hey, homeboy, how much do they want for it doesn't matter if you don't know what the fuck they're worth, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? So, right, here's what they want for it, here's how much they are brand new right away, rah, rah, rah. I'm thinking if I can get it for this and this, yeah, but yeah, it would be a good deal, rah, rah, and end up walking out of there, it's like, man, we had a conversation as if like the sort of conversation you would have someone at a barbecue, you know what I mean? The sort of conversation that you have with your missus's mate's fucking partner. You're like, okay, in no other circumstance will we be talking, but because we're locked into this for the next couple of hours, drinking, piss, smoking cigarettes, I guess we'll talk about dogs or something. You know what I mean? There was that sort of conversation. I'm just thinking like, bro, like I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. Did you know, get this, did you know? My dad bought a fucking moped for me. A 49cc, uh, what are they? Something Monza. Uh, the Moto Monza, right? They were all the go back in the day. Like every fucking 16-year-old had a had a V Moto Monza or a Yamaha Jog back in the day, you know? We bought one of those from there. It was, it was a pure lemon. Like it just, something went wrong with it every 10 minutes. I, I don't, I don't want to go into that side of it. And like how they dealt with the, the fact that it was a lemon was like, man, it... I, I didn't have much to do with the political side of it because obviously I was just a kid and dad was like, right, I'll sort this for you, I'll sort this for you, I'll sort this for you. Or he was sorting it for himself because essentially like he bought me the the moped and then like the idea was when I was done with it, he was going to sell it and keep the money sort of thing. So he was just kind of, you know, as dads do. I went in there one day and I was like, hey, like when I pump the tires up on this because I've never had to pump the tires on it, like what should I be looking for? And then... Like, I remember it was a young dude in there. Now, look, obviously, this is one of those situations where I had a bad fucking experience because, you know, some young dude who worked there was just being a smartass on the day. But I asked him, or I asked someone, and they're like, let me go and get such and such from out the back. And he comes from out the back. And I, and I said, um, you know, like, what's the fucking, what's the ideal pressure that you would run in the, the front and the rear for these? And he goes, well, the boys who race them, they put 14 in the front and they put 20 in the back. So anyone who knows anything about, I guess, cars and bikes and general and shit, and like, look, man, I might be wrong. I'm, that might be the fucking race pressures that people run. I don't know. Put 14 PSI in anything, you know what I mean? And, and have a look. 14 PSI is fucking nothing. If you put 14 PSI in your push bike tires and rode on it, like just sat on it, you like you would have noticeable deflation in the tires. You know what I mean? Like it's just such a fucking pathetic piece of information. Like the fact that he gave me such an under like, dude, thirty is the answer. Thirty, thirty-two. You know what I mean? It's same with fucking everything, unless it's like specific. You know. And also, just as a footnote, if you don't know what pressure to put into your tires, look on the fucking wall of the tire. The smallest writing you can find will have a max pressure that you can put in it, and that's like if it says like 60, you might want to put like 45, 50 in there. You can go up to 60 if you want, but just you know, roughly thereabouts. And if it's your car, put 30, 32, 34 in it on all wheels, you'll be all good, right? So 14 and 20 something, you just like. And at the time, I was stupid. I put that pressure in it. And I kept the pressure at that. You know what I mean? It's like it's one of those things where you're riding on a 49cc bloody moped. It's slow enough already. And now it's as if you're driving in bloody soft sand on it as well. It was crazy. Absolutely crazy. And those those V-Moto Monzas, man, they're fucking dirt as far as speed is concerned. Against the, the, the jog, man, the jog was just 
it's like they, those things would just all bottom in. Like the thing would take off so fucking quickly, hit 45, 50 k's an hour and just and sit there, you know? But yeah, and I just kind of, man, I walked out of the Honda shop feeling like, I mean, I've walked out of motorbike shops. This is today, sorry, by the way, that story about the, the moped, it is what it is. Like they gave me bad advice. They gave me bad advice. I don't fucking care, you know? But like today it was like, in no part of my mind was I willing to buy one of these bikes off them. But to give you an idea, the bike that I'm looking at is advertised at four grand and they're 4,650 right away, right? Licensed in your name, the whole rest. And with that amount of price difference, I mean, the difference basically is like, you can either have it today and have to come up with all of that money from the secondhand person, or you can have a brand new one today, next week, next month, whatever it is, and you get to pay it off for the next few years. So you don't actually feel it, you know what I mean? And the right salesman, shit, not even like a good salesman, just a salesman who offers all the options and has a conversation and realizes that they're talking to someone who, you know, and this is the thing, like I'm a salesman at heart, you know when you're talking to someone who's who's got it in them to buy it, you know what I mean? You can tell a bullshitter, you can tell a dreamer, and this is, this is what I was going to say before. With motorbike shops, I fully appreciate that if you had 100 people come into your shop in one day, 97 of them, potentially 98 of them, are time wasters. And I get that, right? But here's the kicker. If you work behind the, behind the bar, behind the counter at a motorbike shop, your job is talking to 100 of those people. Your job is listening to 100 of those people. It's reciprocating the conversation they're having with 100 of those people, whether it wastes your time to fucking no end, right? Even if you've got five dickheads in the shop and you know none of them are going to buy something, you have to make all of those five dickheads feel like they're not dickheads. You have to make them feel validated, almost special. You know what I mean? At the very least, you say hello to them. And at the very least, you make sure you're like, hey, do you need any help with anything? Are you looking at this? You know, you're all good. Or you do need help. Let me go grab someone because I'm a bit busy, whatever it is. That's your whole job. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like it when people pull their fucking cars up next to the coffee van and pretend that I'm a drive through and they don't have to do anything with their guts hanging out. I don't like it, but it's my fucking job. Right? I don't tell them to go, no, 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 go park like everyone else, go follow the fucking rules. I just go, oh yeah, cool, what do you want? And then the person behind them who now thinks that it's a fucking drive-thru, like they've been here every day for the past five fucking years and now all of a sudden they're like, oh, it turned into a drive-thru today with absolutely no change in traffic management or anything, you know, like no real thought gone into it. Do you know what I say to them? Hey, what can I get you? That's what I say. Then they're like, oh, it's like a drive-thru. And then I'll go like, hey, did you want sugar? You know, like it's not my job to correct them. It's not my job to treat them as any less of a customer because they made a dumb decision. At the end of the day, I make coffee and sell it and they buy it. So therefore the whole transaction's already done. All I have to do is be there for it, you know? And that's all I'm asking out of these people that, that are in these shops. And you know, like obviously I'm going hard on this specific shop and I'm going hard on motorbike shops in general. But realistically, like in retail in general, that's your job. That's your job, you know? And like any jobs, there's gonna be parts of it that you don't like doing but that's your fucking job. And if anything, you get paid to do the things that you don't like doing, not the things that you do like doing. It's the shit that you don't like doing. Because man, if it wasn't for the fucking money, you wouldn't be there at all. So it's realistically the shit that you don't like doing that validates any of this exercise even taking place, right? So this motherfucker, man, 
I, I'm so sure this is going to end up going back to them now because my community is people who ride motorbikes and the reality is a lot of them shop at the fucking Honda shop. Man, you know what? You do end up hearing this, prove me wrong the next time I come in. You know, because I will come in and I will need Honda parts because I'm going to buy a fucking Honda. The best thing you can do is just treat me like the customer you should have treated me when, what I'm fucking asking for right now. You know what I mean? I'm not being unreasonable, I don't think. And if I am, fuck me off. I don't care. I'll go on the internet. <laughs> Shit. So, look, I understand that, like, I'm fucking, you know, I, it, it, realistically, it's not even the lady behind the counter's fault either. It's that fucking old bitch who was sitting on 70 in an 80 zone. You know what I mean? That's where all this started. Man, if it all started, I guess it's a person who started the drive through line next to the coffee van, but that's not the point. The whole idea is, like, man, you've got, like, literally, you're in the boat, you've got the fishing rod, you've got the line in the water, you've got the hook in a fish's mouth, all you've got to do is start reeling it in. You don't start letting slack off and then, like, think about cutting the line. You know what I mean? Like, it sails. It's sell, 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 you know? It's like if someone starts talking to me like, oh, man, I really like black ink jumpers. Do you think I say, nah, yeah, I mean, have you seen Street X lately? You know what I mean? You could go online and have a look, I guess. No, I start talking about how good they'd look in one of them. I'm like, you want to fucking try my jumper on? See if it fits you. Do you know what sizing you're into? Do you like the OP or do you like the box? Like, I'm personally into the box. Dude, sell. That's your fucking job, right? Bruh. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, man. I'll tell you what, that fucking... Oh, by the way, could not be any more fucking townhouse represented. Look at that. I drop him for, I spent all morning making coffee, right? I was like, I know I'm going to record a podcast after this little drive, after this expedition. So I thought, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get a coffee. And man, I got to time this shit right because the thing is, I know that like coffee ramps up whatever I'm into. So if I drink the coffee on the way home, literally by the time I do all my bullshit, you know, give Riz a kiss, sit down, settle down, get some water, sit down to do the podcast, the buzz is almost gone. So like, I literally have to like save the coffee, do all, do everything. Get the podcast started. Pardon me, that was disgusting. It wasn't though, because I'm a guy. I'm a human. Actually, not even that I'm a guy, I'm a human. You're a chick and you make those sounds. You know what I mean? So I fucking come home and then I put it down and then I've like got to hold myself back, start the podcast and then start drinking it. And then it all just fucking, like, look at that. 30 minutes has gone into this podcast and like do not feel it whatsoever because discipline, restraint, you know? But the point is, I got a fucking townhouse coffee. I got my townhouse tea on. Craig so kindly gave me one of these. I was fucking stoked on it. Look at this shit on the back. Man, that's some good printing. You know what I mean? Now, it's like one of those things, you know, like now I've got a screen printer. I start looking at like all the things that could potentially be screen printed. I'm like, fuck, that's a good print. Or like, I like how they've done this or that. You know, the little bit of knowledge that I've got, you start applying it to things and figuring out like, oh, how do they get that result? Can I do that? What do I need to do to get that result? And, and so forth, you know, but no, it's a fucking cool tea. And the irony of wearing a cafe tea while you're on your mobile, while you're working a mobile coffee van, wearing the brand that's your brand that also like, you know, his, his brand is, is the cafe. And then I'm working on a mobile coffee van while I'm wearing my brand, which is, you know, black ink, everything else, which used to be my coffee van. It's, it's a fucking dude. I don't even know what it is. It's, uh, it's kind of mystical when you think about it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm talking shit. But I'll tell you one thing, though. Is that fucking... That Facebook thing going down this morning kind of scared me a little bit as well. Like, I feel like it's... um, 
because Facebook is essentially like Facebook and Instagram are my storefront, I feel a bit um, more to call it vulnerable to my store. I, I feel as if like imagine imagine my shop is actually a shop. Like I have a brick and mortar shop with a window in the front and all the rest. Like Facebook and Instagram shutting down is like the council come along and being like, right, this street is out as like out of bounds. It's zoned off. No one's allowed in here. You're not even allowed in here to get the shit out of your shop. Nothing. Right? That's what the council said. The police are enforcing it. If you walk in there, like there's going to be nothing there anyway sort of thing. It's like I, I realize kind of the vulnerability and how much like how much I rely on Facebook and Instagram keeping this resource available to me. That's how kind of vulnerable my whole business is. So I've kind of spent the morning semi like focusing on like, right, how do I diversify this shop front? How do I keep myself kind of valid and present in different fields? And I'm almost in a way like I'm kind of keen to, I want to figure out some sort of like physical form of like presence that also isn't a shop and it's not radio and it's not TV and it's not, um, it's not newspaper. You know what I mean? Like I feel like there's something there that people haven't done yet. And I've got a couple of cool ideas that I feel like when people see them, not even when people see them, people will think that it's smart. I feel like I've got a couple ideas which are like engagement strategies, which are still in the physical realm. It's not doing things online. Uh, I feel like if I were to apply them, they're the sort of thing that I'll look back in five years time when I'm telling someone, I'll be like, oh, and then I did this. And as weird as it sounds, that was like a turning point because it got so many eyes on me in such an obvious way that no one had ever done before. You know, and I mean, essentially, when it comes to advertising or promoting your brand, that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to promote it in a way that people are not used to. So therefore, it's that that newness that makes you relevant. It's that newness that makes you like stand up, you know, stand out of the crowd sort of thing. So I've got a few little things in the works, but I'm also like now I've got this new kind of drive towards like, right, how can I expand the exposure of my business in a way that I'm not just wholly and solely relying on people being addicted to social media to find my stuff, you know? And like, I, I now would say that I have a, enough of a collection of people who buy my products who aren't on social media at all. Like a, the person who bought um, those five OP hand printed, the last five that I had of the 20, has no Facebook and has no Instagram. He found them, found out purely through my podcast. So it's one of those things where I go, cool. You know, it's, it's great to have the Instagram, the Facebook, the TikTok, the podcast, and obviously everything that I can do verbally. But now it's like, what else can I do like to make myself... You know, like I would love to get Black Ink into shops, which is in the long term, probably medium to long term plan. I'm looking at doing that summer next year. So it's very much like I'm just, I'm thinking, you know what I mean? I'm constantly thinking, I'm constantly kind of problem solving and coming up with these new ways to do things with Black Ink and, and have fun with it and also like have some real effective kind of, um, what would you call it? Effective, uh, just be effective, just be effective. Whether it's in having people be aware of the brand or having people purchase or you know, having people get in, on board with the community and feel like they belong to a, a greater thing, like just be super effective at all of it. So I am a little bit anxious about, and obviously like Facebook came back, Instagram came back. I think it like it all happened in American time. So by the time people in Australia realized that it, it had been down, it was already back up. So weird, weird, weird. By the way, have you figured out what bike sells for $4,650 right away and reverse engineering what bike I might be getting? Because if you're not, we're different people. That's all I would have thought about up until now, you know? By the way, here's a topic of discussion for you. So Riz the other day pointed out something really interesting. She goes, um, 
because uh, it was on a it was on a separate conversation. I don't want to get into that conversation, not because it's out of bounds. I just I fucking it's just not relevant. You know what I mean? But it led to this one thing. She commented. She goes, you know, when you talk about because like you know how you have recurring dreams as a kid, um, and like some of them are scary and some of them are good. One of the fucking scariest, scariest, scariest recurring dreams that I had as had as a kid. Um, there wasn't necessarily anything scary happening in it. It's the fact that it was happening and I couldn't figure out a particular part of it that made it so scary. And it's funny because it's like, it's one of those things when I, I want to kind of build up to it, right? It's one of those things where I feel like the more like, the more that I research and the more that I think about what it means rather than what it is, it kind of makes heaps of sense. And something that I'm figuring out in real time. And this is one of those things that I'm saying for future me to have reference back to. I'm not really saying it as like a bragging point or whatever it might be, but I feel like I have some weird ability and this is just my best way of telling you what I visualize, right? I have this different ability that I can see things from above and I can continue to go higher and higher and higher and higher. And what this means is that sometimes that refers to time. So I can see things, what's happening right now, and I can see what it might look like in three months, what it might look like in a year, what it might look like in five years. And I have these really like, this is a thing, you make predictions based off information that you know, this is different. I can see it. I can see it. I can see black ink in the future. I know that it's going to be big. All I have to do is keep showing up, is keep making the moves, keep, you know, keep doing the damn thing. There's something about this ability to be able to see above things and have a greater view of what's going on that allows me to make these decisions and allows me to be fearless in that decision-making and execution, right? Now, this scary dream that I had was that, okay, sounds dumb, right? Sounds really dumb, but I want you to picture this with me, okay? So imagine a Heritage Softail, right? Which is a, a brand, uh, it's a make, it's a model of Harley Davidson, right? So a Heritage Softail, they have the long pipes and they're like a, they're like a soft tail, but kind of like big flowing front fender and a big back fender that wraps around sort of thing. And like this particular um, heritage soft tail, I don't know what color it was, but it was like a color combo, like white and blue or white and red or something like that. It was white and something. Anyway, the fucking, so it was sitting perfectly sideways square. Have I got a motorbike here at all? You can imagine it sits perfectly sideways square. It's in a box, right? And the box is like, Remember the, like a game show where all the fucking talking heads all sit in different boxes and they all, you know, talk and that? It's in one of those boxes. So you can imagine the inside edges of it, like perfectly clean, da-da-da. And like, obviously it's perfectly the shape of the Harley as well with the same amount of like distance. And this is all, I don't know why it's important, but it's important to me. And this is important to me to like everything, like those distances and like things being clean and straight and making sense, you know what I mean? Being congruent with each other and part of a bigger story. So by the way, I haven't smoked any weed today. That motorbike is sitting perfectly square inside that thing, right? And then the dream was that not me, but my vision, what I could see, because you know, you know how normally you're yourself in your dreams? This wasn't one of those. This was like, I was a perspective, right? I was, sorry, I was a, it's like I was a fucking, it's like I was watching a screen almost, you know? It's like I was looking at a screen and the image on the screen was this motorbike, but it was imperfect as if I was there, as if my eyes were the screen. And the thing that scared me the most is I would zoom out 
of that and I would see that that box was actually part of a bunch of heaps of boxes, essentially that talking head setup, although the, the amount of boxes that were there were so many and not all of the boxes had any, anything in them and the ones that did all had this Heritage Softail either similar or exactly the same, right? And I would zoom out and zoom in and that was the dream. It would zoom out a bit, it would zoom in. Sometimes I would only see the bike but I would have awareness of the other boxes around it and knowing that those boxes go on like infinitely in both directions, all directions. And even then I wasn't sure but I just knew that the furthest I'd zoomed out there was no end to these boxes which meant that they kept on going because I haven't been given the rule that they stop, right? So in my mind, the scariest part about all this was I didn't know if the bike was extremely small or super fucking big, right? The one thing that I kind of knew though, that it was, wasn't the right size. And because it was in this thing that had like an infinite background or it was white and all the edges were clean and all the rest, like you had nothing to tell. There was no comparative point to be able to like figure out whether the bike was huge or whether it was small, whether it was the right size. But it was as if the encrypted bit of information that I knew was that it wasn't the right size. The problem that I had to solve was, was it too big or was it too small? And the scary part was that I couldn't solve it. And I know this sounds like, oh, cool. How does that line up with how you like see things today and all the rest? Dude, everything is perspective. Everything is perspective. And the more you zoom out, the more everything makes sense and the less everything matters. And the less input you have to give because you realize that the input that you have like realistically is just like if you do things intuitively and do what feels right and all the rest, that's all the input that you need. The more you think it, the more you trip yourself up, you know? But the interesting part about all this was Larissa's like, the thing that scares you in your dreams isn't the thing at all. It's the perspective of it. It's the problem solving of it. You know what I mean? And like now, the thing that I face and grab by the balls is problem solving itself. I feel like the majority of the job that I give myself in Black Ink is to critically think every single possibility and come up with every single solution. And once you've come up with a solution, don't be happy with it. Pressure test it and come up with another solution that's better than it. You know, it's such a fucking wild thing to like try and wrap my head around as an adult. And like the, the wild part is, is like, you know, a lot of things, like a lot of memories that you have turn into memories of memories and then memories of memories and then an idea of a memory of a memory of a memory. So realistically, you know, maybe things didn't happen exactly how you remembered them, but I feel like that only applies to things that you see because the other scary dream that I had as a kid that was repetitive, I can tell you detail for detail what that was, you know? And like, not in the same way I can tell you detail for detail about the houses that we lived in when I was growing up or even maybe what my mum looked like when I was, you know, 10 to 12 or, you know, those little things that like happen in physical life, like that my dreams that I have, I remember them so fucking clearly, so clearly. So it's like a makes you wonder like something sticks in your mind that much and then also you have these like kind of small realizations and man I, I don't know i feel like i feel like my entire 20s i've been having like realizations of simple truths and the only thing that seems to happen the older that i get is i re-realize these simple truths and give them deeper meaning you know i feel like a lot of the things that like come to light and like our topics of conversation within my own thoughts are things that I've already realized, but I realized for the first time when I was in my twenties. And you know, one of those things is like, oh, a lot of life is just the, the way you perceive it and the way that you look at it and the way you decide to feel about it. And this is why I have so much problem with people being offended about things. It's like you are having a fucking decision to be offended about it. Spend that energy on something else, you know? Even if you have got a problem with it, just don't be around it. You don't have to make conflict out of it. You know what I mean? Like I didn't have to tell that bitch, hey, you're a salesman, sell me some shit. 
I didn't have to go and fucking get in that bitch's face of the lights and pull her out of the car and beat her to death and say, hey, give me a license. You don't need to do that. You just choose to go like, right, I have a problem with the situation. Cool, bruh. Cool. That's it. Go buy your fucking motorbike off Facebook Marketplace because obviously these people don't want to sell you one. And when it comes to the accessories, go get a fabricator to make them up or go buy them secondhand or go to another Honda shop up in Perth where they treat you like a fucking person with money. Just don't buy off these guys. You know, you don't have to go and record a 30-minute podcast, you know, dissing them and talking shit about them. You don't need to do that at all. You can just, you know, you can be a better person than that. See what I did there? I broke the fourth wall and contradicted myself all in the name of comedy because that's what I do, you know? But it's just a, that whole process of, and like, man, I think, you know, that, that, what I said about my ability to see things from above, that is almost like reflective in the fact that like, I'm telling you that I've had these moments of realizing deeper truths in my 20, in, in my 20s. This is the thing, like, not only did I have those realizations, but I also now have the realization as I get closer to 29, 30, it's like, oh, realizing that I realize things, you know what I mean? It's like getting further and further away from these re- realizations to realize it's part of a bigger thing that's happening, you know? And like, the, I know that sounds a bit woo-woo and probably only going to land about 35% of my listeners are going to understand, but that's all good. The other 65%, I, sorry, I guess. I was going to say something smart, but I won't, you know? Look, dude, I probably said too much, you know what I mean? So after you listen to this, can you, just, you know, burn it? Don't let anyone else listen to it. Okay, it's got to stay between you and I as a secret. You know what else is a secret? Go onto my Instagram page, like or comment all my shit. Go onto my Facebook page, exactly the same thing. I need you to like this video, subscribe if you haven't subscribed, comment and send it to a friend. I need you to do something good for someone that you love and do something good for someone that you don't like. The fuck was that? Anyway, I'm out. Yo!